Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show today. We are going to have a great show for you today, as usual. You know, we're coming in, remember, from Washington, D.C., so things are a little bit. We're still trying to get used to the new time. We're still trying to get used to so everything, but, you know, we are here. Welcome aboard, E2247. Welcome aboard, and thank you for being here. Bo Campbell, my good buddy, how you been? Haven't seen you in a while. My, 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 we have come a long way, my friend. I love what you have done with the place. I'm watching anxiously to hear the content. You were one of the first independent bloggers, so proudly to have known you for earlier podcasts. And I love you for that. You were always there. Bo, also, I'm running for county supervisor in Madera County, California, District 5. You were my inspiration. And you must come on to the show. Let me interview you and tell me a little bit about what you plan to do for your county, sir. It's always great to see people who are out there and going and stepping up to do what needs to be done for their community. So my blessings to you, Bo Campbell, Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Likewise, the duck that quacks. You know I love to talk about that name always gets to me, the, the duck that quacks. Well, you know, we're going to start on a solemn note today because we lost a powerhouse, you know, today in Colin Powell. Colin Powell was a trailblazer. Colin Powell did so much for showing that all of us, irrespective of what we look like, irrespective of everything, can be as much as we want to be. And Colin Powell showed it with his, his, his temper, he, it, not his, his nature, not temper, his nature. He showed exactly how it was to be for a general to be. So thank you so kindly, Senor Powell, for having been who you are, for having done what you've done. And I did a little piece on Colin. Let's get to that, and then we'll take it on the other side. 19, in as much, even as he was fully vaccinated, I don't think he had the booster yet. Uh, it just shows the danger of this particular disease. It can take anyone. It's sort of random, even after one is vaccinated, though vaccinations do work in the aggregate. Uh, Colin Powell will be missed. Breaking news. Uh, just breaking this hour, politician, diplomat, four-star general, Colin Powell has died of COVID-related complications. This news just breaking right now. Of course, Joey was a family friend. He has served uh, multiple presidents, both sides of the aisle, and was uh, incredibly accomplished on the world stage. Colin Powell dying now uh, of COVID-related complications. His family just uh, released a statement confirming this information. Yeah, and the right wing has been going berserk about there is going to be the IRS into your bank account. The IRS is coming after you. You have $600. Colin Powell uh, had a, a dominant presence in American politics over the course of 30, 40 years. Uh, he first uh, was came onto the, the national stage uh, when he went to work uh, for Ronald Reagan, uh, later uh, for George H.W. Bush. Uh, he was an integral part of, of putting strategy together uh, for the first Gulf War uh, and uh, played a pivotal role. He soon after the first Gulf War, along with Norman Schwarzkopf and others who were seen as being the successful commanders of that very successful uh, effort, 
to take uh, to take Iraq out of Kuwait and, and to liberate Kuwait. Uh, he became a giant in the Republican Party and was actually uh, in 95 uh, and, and into 96. There are many people trying to persuade Colin Powell to run for president against Bill Clinton. He chose not to do that, uh, but did once again get into the administration, uh, get into the White House in 2001, uh, working as Secretary of State for George W. Bush. And according to a post on Facebook, Mika, uh, the, the, the Powell family uh, broke the news this morning. The first, uh, by the way, African-American Secretary of State. And the, uh, the family says General Colin L. Powell, former U.S. Secretary of State and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, passed away this morning due to complications from COVID-19. He was fully vaccinated. We want to thank the medical staff at Walter Reed National Medical Center for their caring treatment. We have lost a remarkable, loving husband, father, grandfather, and a great American. It is amazing uh, some of the coverage that I've seen so far, but it's also amazing some of the real good coverage that I've seen so far on this man's life. One blemish uh, because of uh, bad information given to him by, I guess, the CIA, etc., about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. But the fact of the matter is all around, this was a good person, yes, a centrist, but a very good person who really cared about America, who really intended on doing what's best uh, for us all. Colin Powell dead uh, and will be his intellect will be missed. Now, let me, let me correct something here because I, I think it's important that we understand this, right? The right wing, they're going crazy because Colin Powell was fully vaccinated and he died from complications from COVID. What exactly does that mean? First of all, we should be cognizant to the fact that being vaccinated reduces your risk for dying immensely, over 90% your risk for dying, but it's not foolproof. But because everybody's bodies work differently. But more importantly, as Nanette Bird-Smith points out, and let me read what Nanette Bird-Smith said, she said, Powell had previously battled multiple myeloma, which compromised the body's ability to make antibodies from the vaccine. And that is the entire issue. Many people, in as much as they get the, the, the vaccine, their bodies are so compromised that they, yes, they do not produce the necessary antibodies to ward off the, the disease. So um, what a lot of folks on the right wing is doing right now is dangerous. It's not only dangerous, I think it is immoral. It's not only immoral. I think to some extent one can consider it for those people who follow those who are misinforming them in a voluntary manslaughter, not even involuntary manslaughter, but voluntary manslaughter for putting out information there for others to believe into something being what it is. And welcome aboard, May Wood. Thank you for being a part of the Politics Done Right show today as well. If you are on YouTube, I need, your, I need your help on YouTube. Give that thumbs up. Give that thumbs up on YouTube. Give that like on Twitch. Give that like on Facebook Live and on Twitter as well. Go to Twitter if you're on Twitter and give that. Uh, first of all, follow me on Twitter. Egberto Willis is, a, is the, um, 
the handle Egberto Willis on Twitter. Just go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at politics uh, at EgbertoWillis.com or rather at YouTube.com slash EgbertoWillis. That is the YouTube channel where this is playing. But you can always reach us as well at politicsandright.com slash TV. Politicsandright.com slash TV. Folks, we can't do this without you. Anyhow, so I want what what is the show gonna be today? I didn't even start the show because uh, you know, it, it, it's colon was so much on my mind that I wanted to uh, give a tribute to colon before we did anything. You know, many people like many people like to hate on this guy because of what occurred in the Iraq War when he went to the UN and gave a preposterously silly uh, description about what occurred about the methods of mass destruction and cylinders and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't his doing. It was what. The President of the United States then, the Vice President of the United States then, and their CIA pretty much wanted done. And he, thought he, took, he took it at face value. He probably shouldn't have done that. But all in all, a wonderful, a great career. Maywood says people don't want to think about all that. They want to think it's all so easy and everything should be perfect. And none of us we know are perfect. I'm, uh, you know... Uh, like I, you know, I used to tell my daughter several times when we, whenever she has a, a stepping stone or a, a, a fall or a failure or something, I always tell my daughter one thing: I have failed many more times than I have succeeded. And why is that the case? When you succeed at something, you have a tendency to stay longer on that path. It's the it's a sum total of failures that make successes. What about those people who say, I have always been successful. I have never failed. And I always then say, you could have been then much more successful if you had some failures under your belt. Because I tell you what, that is how we learn. If you have not failed, it means you have copied someone else. If you have failed, it generally means that you have tried things others haven't. Always remember that. Always remember that. Cherish failure for what it is. And, and in the case of El Señor uh, Colin Powell, I would never consider what he's done a failure. What I do consider is that he opened doors for a whole lot of people by using his character, just like uh, Jackie Robinson did in, I think, baseball. When, when he, uh, they needed a special person, just like Barack Obama, and as much as I have some issues with Brother Obama at times, proved there are special people who are trailblazers because at times they have to take it for the better good of society altogether. So anyhow, uh, welcome aboard, folks. Uh, we're going to continue with the show. What is the show going to be about today? Title of the show is, let's see, Democrats held Hostage by Democrats. Right-wing IRS lies dispel. Buttigieg shines and rest in peace. Our good brother, Colin Powell. Democrats are held hostage by their own IRS lies or dispel. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Here's what he said in the folksy manner. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg schooled Chuck Todd by putting supply chain discourse in the proper context. Pete Buttigieg did not allow Chuck Todd to go unanswered as he implied that the Biden administration had dropped the ball with supply chain problems. Buttigieg told the unfortunate truth. The private sector dropped the ball. We'll play that video a little later. We also have former Secretary of State Colin Powell. We just played that, so I'll leave that one alone. But additionally, 
We have a sec the secretary, Mike, uh, I can never say, but Yagos, who came on to, um, with uh, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell to explain the truth about the IRS. If you go to right-wing media right now, what you're going to find is they're going to be talking about, hey, the IRS, if you have $600 in your checking account, the IRS is coming after you. If you have any amount of money in your checking account, the IRS is coming after you. They want all the information they can get about you. And that is a lie that's going around there because rich people have started seeding, seeding media all over, including the New York Times, making it seem like there's this new spy, the IRS, is on you. I want to tell you a little bit of something. Let's see. Mike Cisak said, it wasn't the private sector who caused the supply issue. It was several levels of government incompetence ruled by bureaucrats. Oh my God, I didn't realize that the government was in charge of ordering the containers on container ships. I didn't realize that when you look at it from a supply side and not demand side, that you make a mistake in the products you're going to order. And then later on, you have to stack up on all these orders and fill these tankers to come in. I didn't realize that if 90% of truck drivers always quit their job, it's government who did that. Let's go ahead and play that piece, and then we'll take it on the other side. I mean, there are a lot, there's a lot of misinformation out there. As it turns out, I don't quite have the piece ready. Let's see, that is a piece about... Actually, I do have that piece somewhere else. Let me go ahead and pick that up. But we have to remember this. It is always easy, right? It is always easy to blame the government. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. It's the supply chain. It's the supply chain. You know, they want to blame the Biden administration for all these goods that are coming over from all these foreign lands to supply the American people with the products that they request, with the products that they're asking. And you know what? Pete Buttigieg did the right thing today. And one should, we need to do this sort of thing to make sure that Americans don't get the false impression as to what's really happening in America. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Secretary Buttigieg, welcome back to Meet the Press. Uh, I want to start, obviously, with this issue of the supply chain. Your Secretary of Transportation, the ports, all of this is uh, under your purview here. Uh, the big news you made was trying to establish a 24-7 operation now uh, at as many of our nation's ports as possible. But let me ask you, this supply chain issue has been a problem for months. Why wait till this week to try that? Why weren't we at a 24-7 operation nine months ago, 10 months ago, a year ago? Well, uh, I can't speak to a year ago before this administration was in office, but what I can tell you is that uh, as soon as the president came in, he issued an executive order to, I think in February, to look at the supply chain from all angles. Now, one of the things that we started looking into earlier this year was these expanded operations. If you think about the scale and the complexity of these ports, obviously it's not something that you can do overnight. But uh, after bringing together the players, agreeing that this was a good approach, seeing the pilot launched in Long Beach and now being able to announce, as the president did mm -hmm. last week, that LA is also going 24-7, uh, we've got major progress on that front. Now, 
That's just one piece of a very complex puzzle uh, where you got the terminals, the rail piece, you got the warehouses, the drivers, and we're working on all of those angles. But let's remember, these are private sector systems. This is a capitalist country. Nobody wants the federal government to own or operate the stores, the warehouses, the trucks, or the ships or the ports. Our role is to try to make sure we're supporting those businesses and those workers who do. There's some that would like to see uh, deploying of the National Guard, maybe even use of the U.S. Navy at the ports themselves. The National Guard, the state, of, uh, the state of Massachusetts is using the National Guard to fill a gap of school bus drivers, right? Is there any reason why you wouldn't use the National Guard to try to get more truck drivers on the road? Right now, we're focused on some other steps that we think are making a difference, including uh, my department working with the state DMVs to cut some of the red tape for issuing commercial driver's licenses. Look, we're constantly going to reevaluate all of our options, uh, but the steps we're taking right now are going to make a difference. And let's also acknowledge we have some more profound issues in our economy. Uh, Look at truck driving. If you look at the large employers of truck drivers, the annual rate of turnover is 90%. Mm -hmm. That tells us that there's something deeper going on than any short-term fix is going to address. Truck drivers want to be paid. They want to be respected. Uh, The Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, and I have been speaking out about this from earlier this year. And if we're not dealing with these deeper issues in our economy, just like we've got to deal with deep issues in Mm -hmm. our infrastructure, uh, then, uh, uh, you know, these shorter-term measures are, uh, are really not going to be enough. That's why we have things like the infrastructure bill, like the Build Back Better plan, that are really going to set up America for success in the long term. We've got a short-term problem. Oh. That went too early. We had some more to speak about that. But I I, I want to continue that. That, that, I I need Buttigieg to finish uh, what what he had to say. So let me... uh, Get that back in there. We need, to, we need to get that out there. It's the supply chain. It's the supply chain. You know, they want to blame the Biden administration for all these goods that are coming over from all these foreign lands to supply the American people with the products that they request, with the products that they're asking. And you know what? Pete Buttigieg did the right thing today. And one should... We need to do this sort of thing to make sure that Americans don't get the false impression as to what's really happening in America. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Secretary Buttigieg, welcome back to Meet the Press. Uh, I want to start, obviously, with this issue of the supply chain. Your Secretary of Transportation, the ports, all of this is uh, under your purview here. Uh, The big news you made was trying to establish a 24-7 operation now. Uh, at as many of our nation's ports as possible. But let me ask you, this supply chain issue has been a problem for months. Why wait till this week to try that? Why weren't we at a 24-7 operation nine months ago, 10 months ago, a year ago? Well, uh, I can't speak to a year ago before this administration was in office, but what I can tell you is that uh, as soon as the president came in, he issued an executive order to, I think in February, to look at the supply chain from all angles. Now, one of the things that we started looking into earlier this year was these expanded operations. If you think about the scale and the complexity of these ports, obviously it's not something that you can do overnight. But uh, after bringing together the players, agreeing that this was a good approach, seeing the pilot launched in Long Beach and now being able to announce, as the president did Mm -hmm. last week, that L.A. is also going 24-7, we've got major progress on that front. Now, 
that's just one piece of a very complex puzzle uh, where you got the terminals, the rail piece, you got the right. warehouses, the drivers, and we're working on all of those angles. But let's remember, these are private sector systems. This is a capitalist country. Nobody wants the federal government to own or operate the stores, the warehouses, right. the trucks, or the ships or the ports. Our role is to try to make sure we're supporting those businesses and those workers who do. There's some that would like to see uh, deploying of the National Guard, maybe even use of the U.S. Navy at the ports themselves. The National Guard, the state, uh, the state of Massachusetts is using the National Guard to fill a gap of school bus drivers, right? Is there any reason why you wouldn't use the National Guard to try to get more truck drivers on the road? Right now, we're focused on some other steps that we think are making a difference, including uh, my department working with the state DMVs to cut some of the red tape for issuing commercial driver's licenses. Look, we're constantly going to reevaluate all of our options, uh, but the steps we're taking right now are going to make a difference. And let's also acknowledge we have some more profound issues in our economy. Uh, look at truck driving. If you look at the large employers of truck drivers, the annual rate of turnover is 90 percent. Mm -hmm. That tells us that there's something deeper going on than any short-term fix is going to address. Truck drivers want to be paid. They want to be respected. Uh, the Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, and I have been speaking out about this from earlier this year. And if we're not dealing with these deeper issues in our economy, just like we've got to deal with deep issues in mm -hmm. our infrastructure, uh, then uh, uh, you know these shorter-term measures are, uh, uh, are really not going to be enough. That's why we have things like the infrastructure bill, like the Build Back Better plan, that are really going to set up America for success in the long term. We've got a short-term problem here, just like, look, we, we've got, m most of our ports are out of date technologically, right? So, you know, it'd be great to sort of build some new ports and have some, but some of these things take time. It sounds like what you're saying, setting up the country for is, do you agree, do you concur that this is going to get worse before it gets better? We're doing everything we can for the short term and the long term. And there are some X factors out there on everything from, uh, you know, pandemic related closures of factories and ports in Asia uh, to things that are going on through the chain on the U.S. side. Now, of course, the other thing we got to talk about is that this isn't just a matter of supply. This is a matter of supply and demand. Every item you see, every container mm -hmm. on every ship that is waiting at anchor in the ports of L.A. and Long Beach or anywhere else is there because an American company or consumer purchased it. And that's because demand has surged. Retail sales are off the charts. Uh, remember, the, these ports are already bringing through record amounts of goods this year. Mm -hmm. And that's a sign, of course, of the successful work that's been done to bring the economy out of the teeth of the recession that we were facing right. earlier. Uh, so we've got that issue of demand that's mismatched with supply, and now we've got to make sure that the supply chains in the short term and the long run are positioned to catch up. Now, right. a lot of this should be resolved by markets, but we're not waiting for the markets to take care of it. We are not. We're not going to be waiting on some mythical false market created by a whole bunch of guys who really are just in for it for you know what. Anyhow, it is important the points that he made. First of all, he said, hey guys, please remember the supply chain problem is not a problem created by the government, it's a problem created by the private sector. After all, we're a capitalist country. We're a, cap a, a capitalist country that you guys don't want the federal government having too much of a footprint in it, right? That's what you said. And then secondly, he made it clear that, wait a minute, uh, one of the problems that's, that's messing with the supply chain is we don't have enough truck drivers. Oh, what again? 90%. There's a turnover rate of 90% 
in the truck driving industry. What does that tell you? That tells you that folks don't want to pay the truck drivers enough to keep them employed. So whose problem is that again? Oh, that's right. It's a private sector failing. And by the way, the ports are dilapidated. They don't have a new equipment. And by the way, you don't want the government in these all these areas because, oh, socialism, right? But guess what? You don't want to upgrade your equipment and then you complain when you can't get your supply in. And by the way, it's, you believe in supply-side economics. How come the supply isn't meeting the demand? Because you're looking at the wrong numbers. Folks, here is the deal. The deal is we have always had a fraudulent economy. A fraudulent economy that is dependent on socializing corporations as they privatize the wealth extraction that they've created on people. Put it in simple terms, the corporations, when, they, when things are running smooth, they take all our money, they, they, they have pricing power, so they, they cause inflation by increasing prices to charge as much as they want. And when they're in trouble, then they call us. They say, oh, government, we need you to do this to keep businesses going, to keep our profits going. We need to wake up and realize that we need to take command. Thankfully, it seems like many employees are starting to do just that. And interesting enough, today I interviewed uh, one of our regulars here, Yvette, Yvette Avery, and I'll be playing that interview sometime this week because employees are starting to take back power. Workers are starting to take back power. Uh, when I hear comments like Mike Cisak, who is always there to defend the plutocracy that is screwing him, it always makes me think about how slavery lasted as long as it lasted in the South, even as many areas were overpopulated by slaves relative to the slave uh, owner. In other words, there are a hell of a lot more slaves than there were people uh, who owned slaves than there were even people of the other persuasion, if you will. But again, like I've mentioned many times on this show, uh, slavery has little to do with hue and more to do with mental state. And it is evident for those who defend the plutocracy, for those who depend, defend unfettered capitalism, that their minds, and this is what we try to work on by, uh, by illustrating, but that their minds remain enslaved. They, their minds remain in chains by those who would keep it that way. Anyhow, let's see what people have to say. We have uh, 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 Mike Cisak, who says, uh, let's see, Mike Cisak says, California rule, only trucks never newer than 2011 can drive within the state of California. This cuts out nearly half of the trucks on the road. But ironically, that isn't the specific problem. The problem is finding people, not equipment. And the thing about it, that law alone creates a lot of economic activity by having newer trucks. We get better quality of air, etc., etc., etc. So don't give me that excuse as, oh, California is affecting business because they don't allow old polluting trucks. They only want cleaner trucks. Well, if you cared about people, if you cared about humanity, you'd care about trucks that are not going to kill as many people as the old trucks. You'll care about trucks that have standards that are, again, better for people. So again, Whenever you constantly come out in defense of your enslaver, it proves an enslaved mind. Anybody who defends unfettered capitalism, anybody who defends the plutocracy, remember, your mind is still enslaved. And that's what we try to work on. And that's not an insult 
That is just saying, please re-evaluate your thought process. And we have several ways. We have several, just talk to the people in the PDR Posse. Just talk to, read some of the books that we have here, actually. Uh, How to Talk to Your Right Wing Relatives, friends, and neighbors, a good place to start. And actually, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. That teaches you everything about the economy, and it dispels a lot of fallacies that people used to think about the economy. It dispels the fallacies that I thought about the economy when I just came in. The second book that I uh, wrote, political book that I wrote, is How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relative, Friends, and Neighbors. And that gives you the ability to talk to the people like Mike Cisak and others, uh, others without, by, by telling the truth but always respecting them always. And my third book, How to Make America Utopia, is about, hey, let's make America what it can be. Let's empower workers. Let's do all those things that's interesting. And that is one of the uh, programs we're going to have this week with, uh, hey, Yvette Avery is here with us. Yvette Avery is one of our leading uh, activists for the worker. So thank you so kind for being here. Uh, May Woods, uh, let's see what I said. We had Bridge MCP that said something prescient. Let me get the Bridge statement. She said, uh, where is it? I have like three screens now that I have to navigate. Never heard that, Mike, but California is expected to adopt a landmark rule on Thursday that requires more than half of all trucks sold in the states to be zero emission by 2035. That's a good thing. In addition, being an import for over 20 years, dealing with the ports in California and Virginia, there are so many issues. One being the industry. When something done, bribe me. Need the stamp? Bribe me. We bought it over 200 containers a week. Eight warehouses from New York and Washington. Now add in the lack of technology. Drivers demand. It's a mess. Go to Singapore. Go to all those other container ship areas and see the technology they are using. But we think we are exceptional. We are exceptional because we say so. Just read it. No, we are, you know, we are exceptionally thieving to our own. We don't invest in our locally. So uh, by not doing that, we fall behind. And then we tell people, oh, it's because of government. No, it's not because of government. It's because of greedy plutocrats. It's because of unfettered capitalism. It's because of you spending, instead of spending your money to upgrade your systems, you spend your money to fool people like Mike Cisak into believing the things that, the, 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 the things that he believes and, and, and maintain an enslaved mind. All right, let's continue here. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, Newman Ahmed. Welcome aboard. Mike says, price for diesel fuel in California now top $5 a gallon. Make it difficult for truck drivers to make a living. You know, it's not the government that prices gas. You know, I love when they talk about inflation, right? They, they're like, look, inflation under Biden. The government has nothing to do with inflation. The government doesn't set prices. The time that Nixon tried to sit uh, with price and wage and price controls, you guys went berserk. It's your evil people who set prices. Eggs don't have to cost what it costs. Milk doesn't have to cost what it costs. Celery doesn't have to cost what it costs. Hell, they don't even pay the people who pick the celery the kind of prices when they give these, these crazy price increases. Costs, talking about supply and demand. It's a lie. Whenever you hear inflation, remember, somebody is setting that price. And that price is set by, you know what? I can increase the price because I have the power to do that. Stop believing that somehow price increases is is simply a supply and demand issue. 
it's a theft issue as well. I can take your money because you have to take that from me. Inflation is due to government is one of the most silly statements one could make. You can't say inflation is caused by government. Also, you can't talk about believing in supply and demand and capitalism and make a statement like that. It is mutually exclusive and printing money does not cause inflation if that money, if there is enough work to be done and if there is enough products on the market. Inflation is supposed to be caused simply by shortages. And if you don't have shortages, there's not a shortage of oil people. Remember that. False shortages to increase prices is what the private sector does. They can pull as much oil as they want out of the ground if they, to meet demand, but they don't because they can save their reservoirs and at the same time maximize the amount of money they make per barrel. Don't ever, don't ever buy into some inflation being some automatic thing based on supply and demand only. It's based on the evil of the plutocracy. Please. We've been fooled for so long. We've been fooled for so long. Now, what's happening now is a, a lot of the American workers are getting smart. And they're saying, you can't make a penny if I don't work. So let's see who dies first. We are used to the pain. You, you put us down so far that feeling a bit more pain is not going to be much. But when you feel pain, when you start losing the fortune that we made for you, then there's an issue. We had to give our drivers going to the port at least $1,000 cash, small bills, just to get our goods. That isn't the government. Thank you very much, Bridge MCP. You hit the nail on the head. Again, you're, there, are so, there are those with the enslaved minds that they, they constantly try to find a reason why their masters are screwing them. So if you look at Mike Sisak, he's trying to find a reason why his master is screwing him. Inflation is due to government. Money printed by government. Oh my God, it couldn't be those evil uh, enslavers that I have that's causing the problem. Remember, unenslave your mind. And once you do that, I promise you, things get better. Let's go ahead and go to the other uh, video where we talk about uh, uh, IRS. There's this big IRS lie going around. Oh, the IRS, if you have $600 in your wallet or in your bank account, the IRS is coming after you. Oh, it makes no sense. Check this out and let's go ahead and do this. The right wing has been going berserk about there is going to be the IRS into your bank account. The IRS is coming after you. If you have $600 in your bank account, watch out. The IRS is looking for you when it's nowhere close to the truth. But you know what? A lot of th times those type of statements cauterize themselves and become a reality to many. Well, let's go ahead and dispel that rumor. The reality is what we're trying to do is collect money owed by wealthy people who have been living as parasites on us all. Check this out. Mr. Secretary, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. So the, in the New York Times reporting and in others that I know you've seen, there's this his, hysterical language about monitoring our bank accounts. They're going to be the IRS is going to be monitoring our bank accounts if, if we have more than six hundred dollars. And which is to say all of our bank accounts every day, every transaction being watched by the IRS. Is that what you're proposing? No, it's not what we're proposing. What we're proposing is making sure that our tax system is fair. 
What we know today is that wealthy Americans are less likely to pay taxes. For example, the top 1% of earners in our country underpay taxes each year by more than $150 billion each year. They don't make money the way that the woman who works in advertising does, or a teacher, or a longshoreman does. Each one of those people get a W-2 at the end of the year that's sent to them and also sent to the IRS. It allows us to verify how much money they made and how much in taxes they need to pay. The wealthy, on the other hand, make money by selling assets, by collecting capital gains, by putting together complex structures like partnerships that allow them to sell those assets for $2 million, put that money in their bank account, and tell the IRS that they only made $100,000. The President's proposal ensures that we can find out about that money that these wealthy individuals are storing in their bank accounts by collecting two pieces of information each year. One is how much money went into a bank account and how much money came out of it. That allows us to fundamentally make the system more fair so the wealthier forced to pay their fair share. Uh, the audience, we all just learned exactly what this does. Uh, this requires exactly two additional pieces of information about bank accounts. The IRS is already getting one piece of information on every bank account, and that is how much interest did that bank account pay this year? Every bank account in America reports that, reports that to the IRS. And now you're saying you want the bank to also report What's the total amount of money that went into the account? What's the total amount of money that was taken out of the account? That is the entirety of the proposal. And that's what we want to collect once each year, Lawrence. And it not only helps us find the money that the wealthy aren't paying, but it also will help us reduce the chances the people who earn it, who get a W-2 each year, that woman in advertising, are audited because we're able to validate that the money you reported to the IRS is the money that went into your account and that you didn't have any large amounts going in for some other reason. There's also in the information that the Treasury's put out about it uh, and the administration's intent on this, and, the, and you can direct the IRS to handle the information this way, is you have no intention of actually using this information in any way in any enforcement procedure involving any tax returns of less than $400,000 of personal income. The president has made a commitment that our goal is to collect the money from those individuals who are wealthy in this country who are not paying their fair share. This isn't about raising taxes. This is simply about collecting the taxes that people owe. And we're focused on collecting taxes from the wealthy because they're the least likely to pay their taxes in this country today because we don't have an, a way for verifying how they're selling their assets and how much money they're making from it. The president's proposal fixes that. And so this is, a, this is an enforcement tool, and really it's a computer enforcement tool. This is, this is going to have uh, these numbers reported from computers to other computers at the IRS. And the computers at the IRS, looking at tax filers who make over $400,000 a year, they're going to look at those cash flow numbers in the bank accounts and see if there's something weird about it. And if there's something weird weird about it, that will trigger that return being pushed out onto the uh, assembly line there in an IRS return center for another look. And it doesn't mean that there's an audit that's going to happen after that. It's just one of the trigger devices that can pop an account, a, a tax return out for further examination. Lawrence, for the people who pay their taxes on a regular basis, this will reduce the chances that they are audited and it will allow us to see information on those people who have been trying to hide money from the IRS going forward. 
As you said earlier, it's two pieces of information we collect annually on a form the, that your bank already sends to the IRS, and it's information that your bank is already collecting. How much money went into your account and how much money came out of your account each year. For the first time ever reading a New York Times account of a tax proposal, I, I, I just couldn't quite believe what I was reading. Uh, and so we immediately went to work, the last word staff, the, starting Monday with the Treasury about what is going on here. And I, I appreciate all the clarifications we've gotten. And I'm sure the audience appreciates the clarification you've delivered tonight. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, Wally Adeyemo, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Wally Adeyemo cleared it all up. Uh, don't believe the lies that the right wing or they're putting out there. And it's funny because this only affects these rich people that the right wing somehow believe they have something in common with, right? And that's who they are supporting as far as lying to you, letting you believe like there is no reason for us to look into these bank accounts. Guess what? All of you who m make your money getting a wage, you get a W-2. That W-2 is actually gone directly to the IRS. Why shouldn't rich people have the same type of scrutiny on their own income as well? This is a fraud. The advertising or the ads that are put out there to make it seem as if the Biden administration is after your checking account is nothing but a lie. Remember, education remember awareness remember insightfulness and knowing things it's a lot better than the, what what ignorance allows you to do against your own best benefits well uh, and and that's absolutely true hey by the way folks by the way Thank you, thank you so kindly, uh, Bridge MCP. I always forget to do that, so let's go ahead and do it. Folks, if you're listening to the show, please don't forget to give us that thumbs up on YouTube, that like on Facebook, as well as that like on Twitch and everywhere else. I want to thank you guys for being here with me. Please go ahead and support us. Click that join button. Click the join button on YouTube if you're here with us. Alternatively, if you're not on YouTube, you're on some other channel, go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can also provide us some support by going to politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. That's another way to support us. And of course, there's politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Uh, we take uh, a single contributions or uh, monthly, and you can go ahead as well and support us by getting our books, politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. Um, Breed, no, uh, uh, I don't know the duck that quacks if you're referring to the statement that Breach put out there. I think, that, that, I think that's a fair statement that Breach puts out there. We, we, of course, we are volunteer. We're not like the news media who is, they're taking corporate dollars to get their advertising out. We have to ask those who watch, uh, those who watch and those who have the wherewithal to do so to uh, help keep us on air. Again, we want everybody here, whether you are paying or not, whether you're supporting with a membership or not, we want you. We want all this information dispelled and you can do all, you can help us share and all of that, but also we do need the funds to keep all these things going. You guys were wonderful in that um, as I moved to DC to take care of my daughter, you guys actually ensured that I could come out and give a good product, a good program with the new with the new more powerful computer that we have portable that that we're operating out of now and if you notice everything is pretty smooth now that's your doing um, because what 
I do 16 hours a day and now it's a bit more because I have to spend four hours happily with my daughter making sure that all's well. But again, but as, again, we do need your support. So please, if you're on YouTube, click that join button. If you are on PayPal, go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. On, you, on Patreon, go to politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is for P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Did I forget anything? Yes, I forgot one thing. We have a catch-all for all of our support. Well, before, I still have my Go. I didn't close the GoFundMe because, you know, with the, which, with the bills and all that good stuff for, the, um, for sh- uh, parking, it goes crazy. So I still have the GoFundMe for the show, but I, we, you can find a catch-all for supporting this show and all that we do with our blogs and our, our videos, etc., at politicsandright.com slash support. BridgeMCP wants an Ashley update. Ashley, uh, let's see, Ashley's update says she is improving slowly, steadily. Her eyes are starting to get better. As far as she had a little bit of motion issues with her eyes, that's getting better. She can read fine now. Uh, she's getting up, going to the bathroom, and coming back to bed by herself pretty much. They want supervision still because of the, way, of the walking and the left side being completely weak. But she sent me a text today said, Daddy, I have been in therapy all day and I still have another hour or two to go. I think it's actually another hour to go because I'll be there right after the show. So thank you for asking. Ashley is improving. Um, thankfully... She's improving for a minute. I'll be honest with you all. Uh, for a minute, I thought I... And, 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 and that's a horrendous feeling. For a minute, I didn't know what I was coming to. I really didn't. And, um, you know, for me, everything now is icing on the cake. And I tell her that directly. It's icing on the cake. She's here with me. She can hear me. She can see me. It's just wonderful anyhow enough of the personal stuff let's get busy i have one more video to show but i don't have let's see if i have the time uh when democracy i i'll i'll do that video tomorrow because i I want to i want to do that video justice so i'll do that video tomorrow uh bridge mcp says go for good for her slow steady she will get there uh, Bridge, uh, you, you know, your positive affirmation and the positive affirmation from a lot of you around here has been uh, um, immeasurable. That's all I can say. Immeasurable. You actually feel like you have a cocoon around you uh, from the good feelings from family, friends, PDR Posse. Well, PDR Posse, you guys fit two bills. You're my family and you're my friends. Uh, uh, including you too, Mike Cisak. You're not a bad person, but you're saying when you tax corporations higher, this cost is passed on to customers causing inflation. Of course, but you, when you tax them, you can tax away whatever they take from the people and then apply that to further help the people. You see, the thing about it is you all missed the point. Not you all. Mike Cisak, you missed the point. I want to tax the hell out of corporations until they see that if they keep passing, if they keep screwing people, they won't keep the monies that they're stealing from the people. Okay? Thank you very much, the duck that quacks. I appreciate that statement. I watch you because you are 100% human, EW real. I appreciate that. Nanette Bird says, love, light, and healing energies to Ashley. Thank you, my beautiful Nanette. And uh, so... um, so, 
the, the thing is here um, is that uh, I, I, today I'm concentrating on Mike Cisek a lot. And the reason I'm concentrating on Mike Cisek is what, the way Mike Cisek thinks is was implied, it, it was inputted in his mind from a particular type of ideology. And it's pretty sticky. And it's not only sticky for people like Mike Cisek, right? It's sticky for others. Mike says, if corporate tax rates get too high, they will go overseas and import. Let me tell you something. Let them go overseas. The reason why they stay in America is because America is there to defend them. We have the greatest military on the earth, not for the American people, but to defend the corporations. Let them go. Because you know what foreign governments do? When they, want, when, when they, when they get tired of the crap that you put out, they just nationalize you. And if you're no longer an American company, the, companies that national, the countries that nationalize you have no fear of the, the American military coming to defend a company that's not American. So you see, don't sit, the, the naive thing for people to believe is that somehow, is that somehow uh, corporations are, are, are benevolent. Glad to hear my prayers for Ashley are having an effect. Thank you, Daniel. I, I always knew you were a good person, but you know, we, we fight, but I, I, you, you, you give me a hard time, but you, you, know, you know we're all right. You give me a hard time, though. You do. Anyhow, let's see. Uh, they're already baby. <laughs> okay, let's see what else we have to answer before I go. Um, I got about four minutes more, people. So send me some questions or statements that you want me to put out there. I got four minutes to go. So give, give our one-hour podcast listeners something to talk about. Mike Cisak says, bridge MCP, and we are suffering for it. Supply chain broken down. The supply chain is broken down because the private sector failed. Instead of investing in, 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 in their system, they took the money and ran. They gave the money to the shareholders. They gave the money to the corporate executives. Remember that. It's money not reinvested to make a more efficient system. Take a look at Hong Kong. Take a look at all these other smaller countries and go to their ports. When I went to Xi'an on, and, and stopped by in Taipei, and not Taipei, in, in Hong Kong, it was amazing. When I went to Taiwan and see their system, it was amazing. Thank you very much for remembering that bridge because they took jobs overseas is one of the reasons as well. We import more than one would expect us to import, meaning there's much more we could have done here in America. I, I gave a piece from Farid Sakadia a few uh, days ago where we said if we had just let, forget about tariffs, just let the system flow. It's amazing how things would work, not necessarily run into the smallest denominator. Uh, the duck that quack says, what did the government do with all the toilet paper a few months back, Mike? Again, thank you very much for remind, reminding Mike about that. Hong Kong was the most free market. No wonder they had such good systems. Hong Kong, you know what? Here's what's so funny about it. We have a right-wing brother, Mike Cisak, who is supporting Hong Kong free markets that's able to do what they're doing because they are a dictatorship. See? You see, you remember everybody always talk about capitalism and freedom, right? That's what they, they like to say that. But Hong Kong, a dictatorship, think about this. Hong Kong, a dictatorship who dictates how things are going to happen, he is calling a free market. Think about that. That is how distorted our education system is 
that people don't understand places like Hong Kong and Singapore and all these places have nowhere close to a liberal democracy. Nowhere close. But he's talking about, oh, it's a free market. I always told you that the, the largest capitalist country following America is not Europe, the European Union. It's China, a very communist country. Hong Kong is a dictatorship run by China, whether you want to accept that or not. Singapore is a dictatorship, okay? So let, let's be clear here, folks. When the British controlled Hong Kong, it, even in those entonces, even then, one could not consider it a free country. It was under the auspices of England and a few other people that they couldn't do much of what they wanted to do. All right, one more question or statement anybody wants to make? Uh, anybody wants to make any more statements there? Look, I want to thank all of you. Okay, let's see. Bridge MCP says, on a personal note, I am almost packed and mover is scheduled. However, I sprained ankle and now have a soft cast and cane. Ooh, can't do much. Slow and steady. I am with you, my dear sister. Get well soon. Mike Cisak says, I've been to Singapore, which is a free market country, but a dictatorship. Okay? But a dictatorship. Free market is, mutually ex is not mutually exclusive to a dictatorship. All right? Please remember that. Uh, replying to Mike Sisak, Maywood says, well, they did until China started trying to take it over. All right, folks, we got to get out of here one more time. I want to ask you guys to support the program. How can you support the program? If you are on YouTube, click that join button. Alternatively, if you're not on YouTube, you can still become part of the YouTube Posse by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can support us on Patreon by going to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is at P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or go get, uh, uh, you can support us at PayPal as well, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. As well, you can support us at, uh, by getting our books, politicsandright.com slash books. Catch all for our support. Please go to politicsandright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. I thank you all for being here with me. My name is Egberto Willis, politics run, and I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.